No, we can't open it like that. We got to open it with the fact that Connecticut is a tier three state. So uh, what's your – so, okay, so I need for you to explain, Fox, you're, you're – I, I mean, there, it's just a feeling. It's like – What's a tier one state? Tier one state is, uh, I think, California, Texas. Um, Why New York Texas? Is a, New York is – because Texas – like I think Texas historical significance and number of popular cities gets it into tier one. New York, like is a tier one state only because New York City's in it. Connecticut, y'all don't got a city. Y'all ain't known for nothing. Y'all don't Why are you making it a y'all? No, want. just because I you live, live here, I ain't a y'all. I'm not a y'all. You Georgia? I'm you Georgia? Not by Georgia's choice. Tier two. Georgia's tier I'm two. Georgia. Yeah, okay. yeah so Georgia. Georgia, Georgia could be a tier two. I would like to. I would like to posit Louisiana as a tier one state. Nope. Ooh, mm. We're going Louisiana as a tier you one state. New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans Baton no. Rouge, Baton Rouge. Nah, Baton Rouge is a, is an important, no. interesting place, but I, I don't think it can get in if Georgia is tier two. Louisiana is tier two, also. No, Philly yeah. tier one. Philly, I mean Pennsylvania tier one state. No, Before tier two. We, are you no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tier two, tier two, tier two. Are you just All saying right. that to segue? Are you just saying? Yeah, that to I was segue? trying to segue, but like... then I hated myself for it. But yeah, I was trying to segue to Philly versus Dallas, two tier one football teams. Oh God! Mm -hmm. Give no. it to me, Alabaster. Thank you. I I'm got sorry, you L. Not everybody can do Sports Center. You want to do the host job? All right. No. Earn yourself the host job. <laughs> I don't. You're hosting for the rest no. of the show. Boom! You did it. Don't judge me then. There you well, go. A tiny, you go. a tiny bit of host cleanup. <laughs> Welcome back to Debatable, hosted by Dominique Foxworth with David Dennis and L. Duncan. This yeah, is the final there. Debatable of the year. We'll be back after this show. You would have done right now. See, you should be hosting. I know, yeah. But I digress. Welcome let's, uh, let's to, go to Debatable, our first question. a show that's not a show where we don't debate anything. Alabaster King, hit us with the first topic. Well done. Thank you, Al. Wow. So first wow. question. Professional. <laughs> Will you think less of the Cowboys if they lose to the Eagles without Jalen Hurts? This is where you pick it up and give us some background. So yes. Oh, you Cowboys. want me to do this part? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. To do so everything. it was it was officially announced hours ago that Jalen Hurts will not be suiting up on the Christmas Eve matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Eagles really don't need this win as they just have have to have one more in the next three to clinch that one seed in the NFC East or in the the conference itself. Gardner Minshew gets the start. I personally, fellas wouldn't judge them because while I do think that the Eagles have everything that they need to beat Dallas, even with Gardner Minshew, it's a divisional game. Uh, but I'll leave that up to you and then I'll come back and counter all of your points. Very Pablo-esque. Well, so there we all, go. Magnificent. Except I'm for struck the fact by the radio voice. The, like she just jumped right into good. the professional voice. It was like, good, that was, but yeah. she's, she's used to performing live. And she said hours ago, we're recording this oh, Thursday. So sorry. yesterday. Yes, yes yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. yesterday, hours ago. Hours ago could be yesterday. Yeah, fair. 20, we'll just fill in the blank here. I'll just do a bunch of numbers for Charlie and then he can plug it in when it runs. 13 hours ago. <laughs> Uh, this happened. So, Fox, would you feel any kind of way or be disappointed if the Eagles can't beat the Cowboys without their guy? Um, I would be disappointed if they weren't competitive. But honestly, I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles to struggle in this game. And I kind of <laughs> want them to lose, in part because I love the Jalen Hurts story this season. And I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. And I think that 
the one drawback on the Jalen Hurts conversation, or I guess the knock against him, it's a bit of an unfair knock, is that he's a part of a perfect team and he's just mm -hmm. benefiting from all mm -hmm. the talent around him, which uh, mm -hmm. you can make that argument for any good team and any good player. Sure. I, I think um, particularly now that Lamar Jackson has been hurt, he's the one guy who it kind of feels like we don't give credit to the people around him or the coaches, but like Mahomes benefits from Andy Reid, benefits from Travis Kelsey. This happens. He does not benefit from a good defense. Um, we all know that Josh Allen was a bad quarterback. Stephon Diggs shows up. Josh Allen turns into one of the best in the league. So this is true of everyone and the flexibility and the dynamism of the Eagles offense, I think, is predicated on Jalen Hurts' ability to throw from the pocket, outside the pocket, run the ball, attack deep down the field, and um, attack short if you need to. So yeah, that all matters to me so much so that I kind of want Gardner Minshew and the Eagles offense to struggle so that I could be like, told y'all he matters. <laughs> well, I disagree. I want the Eagles to do well. Boom. Debatable. I think uh, I actually want Jalen Hurst to rest. Like I want the Eagles to clinch and I want them to be, be healthy for the, like, I don't want anything sort of for the same reasons. Like I think it's, t this is the Jalen Hurts year, the Jalen Hurts story. And I want him to have like the fair shake at a good healthy playoff run like if they lose they might be pressured to put them in one of these last couple games something can go wrong i want them to win i think they can i think the cowboys have looked kind of bad these last couple weeks even though they won against the texans and you know if the texans can put up 24 points on them the eagles should be able to run up and down the field on them so i think the eagles could probably win hopefully jalen hurts rest and we get a, we get a good healthy playoff run yeah. Yeah, I agree with David in that, you know, they've got the Philly, the the Eagles rather have who? The Saints and then the Giants left after this Cowboys yeah. game. So while I think that a month off would be too much time for Jalen Hurts, and that's potentially what we could be looking at if they do clinch the one seed, if he doesn't finish the regular season, they won't play until late January again. I think that's too much time personally. Um but I do think that it helps tremendously Gardner Minshew that they're getting Dallas Goddard back because we know that offense is definitely going to look a little bit different with him back there. He can't, does not have the ability to go deep like Jalen does. So I think some of that intermediate stuff is going to definitely be benefited and impacted by him teaming up with Dallas Goddard. We're going to do a lot of reminding people last year when Minshew filled in for Jalen Hurts, him and Dallas Goddard hooked up for a hundred and something yards. Um, oh, nice. That's my radio voice, by the way. <laughs> not the first thing that you heard. That wasn't my radio voice. That was my presenter voice. Um, and you, I feel like yeah. you did a little Kardashian right there. I know. Was, there was some, I just want, some, yeah. Just in, in and out yeah. of some pockets. Yeah. I'm just like so sick of it. I just like want that for him. I want that for Jalen. I want that for the Eagles and just like for the whole city to just like have that thing. So, so um wait really quickly though I'm I love wild it so much. yeah <laughs> it's the great, it's the greatest right um very quickly uh, because it wouldn't be me without puns throw out your best Dallas versus Dallas puns go I don't get it what's a Dallas, Dallas Goddard versus Dallas oh yeah, Dallas oh, Goddard versus oh. Dallas so like so throw we out don't your have best, to, we don't I mean we don't give me your to, best broadcast or like something happens and the broadcast goes to, to this we do not have to go this far like if you want to show off your pun game, just show it off. Don't pretend yeah, okay, like I have you, one. Don't you, you ready? Don't you, don't I feel, I feel like, like, I feel like that do. was just a setup for you <laughs> to is. share your pun that you had in the, on the, in the docket. Go for it. Yeah, I thought of this one like yesterday. And so I just was like, oh, perfect. I'll sit on it for debatable because, yeah, that's that's what I do. It's sad. Um, now I've built it up and you're going to think it sucks. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, you ready? Do it in the go. Kardashian voice so, so it'll, okay. it'll oh, come off better. Okay. Ah. Uh, 
thank God her Dallas is back. <laughs> now here's why I like it. It could go both ways. It could be a compliment to the player or it could be like, hey, Dallas, Goddard effed up. Thank God he came back to create this pivotal, horrible thing in the game. And now you're benefiting from it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because, you know. Right, Lil Wayne of the of the wordplay. Yeah, levels any good, yeah, any good pun, you know, comes with a very long explanation after. <laughs> yeah, it, so, if you explain the pun for two minutes, it really brings yeah. it home. I think. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I stopped the landing. I'm actually like a little concerned about, or kind of a lot concerned about the Eagles. So, like, I thought why before this? I mean, because I think which what makes them special. If I'm going to be committed to this, Jalen Hurts matters uh argument which i think is a true one it's that their flexibility and ability and um ability to attack attack the weakness of any defense is also predicated on him being able to do design runs he led the mm -hmm. league in quarterback design runs and they're going to take it out of the playbook like it's the only reasonable thing to do is to take the design runs out of the playbook assuming that he's not going to be 100 percent healthy and yeah. you don't want to go to Gardner Minshew. Like, they, they won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback before. I don't think that they Lightning intend. in a bottle twice? <laughs> no. Y'all stop. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to the Gardner Minshew statue next to the Nick Foles statue um, for the Philly special outside of uh, the link. So, yeah, that, it makes me worried because as a defensive coordinator and a defense, there are defensive plays that you can't call. They're like schemes that you won't uh, attempt if the quarterback is someone who can run the ball that they now uh, defenses now put back in their game plan. And I feel like we're getting to a point where Jalen Hurts design runs is a like a last ditch effort. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Uh, maybe this not maybe they would definitely play him if they needed these games. Mm hmm. And maybe this is just going to turn out so that they can, uh, it'll give them enough time that they can run their offense as they normally have once they get to the playoffs. To your point, Fox, like they know he's been taking hits. He like leads mm. the league in contacts. Yeah. He, so they know like this is just a part of it. The idea that they've been to escape, been able to escape injury this long, I think tells you the severity of injury is not there. I mean, Sirianni all week long has been saying like, I don't know. I mean, he could possibly go if it was, a real injury, right? Like, I think that they would say, like, we're shelving him from the beginning. There's no shot at it. We just need one more game out of the next three. But to your point, they're just playing with house money at this point. They never, ever conceived they would be sitting here at 13 and one, right? So, like, and I think in their mind, again, they've got three games left against very beatable teams with or without Jalen Hurts. Give them an extra week against a team like Dallas. Don't give Dallas subsequently any sort of momentum or any confidence after beating you with Jalen Hurts, right? Beat up a little bit. Let them think that they're doing their thing because they beat you with Gardner Minshew. I think it makes total sense. I'm not super worried about the Eagles simply because they haven't shown any reason for us to be worried about them yet, David. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Jalen Hurts uh, deadlifts a lot. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've heard that every broadcast, or I, yeah. I think it goes up. It goes up every hundred pounds every week. I think he deadlifted uh, Volvo last week, so um, he was going to be good. He's going to be good to go. Another um, interesting thing about these next three games is they've obviously done a good job of building this roster. They also have the Saints' first round pick, 
next year and they play the Saints coming up. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a game where they need to get Jalen Hurts out there and get that win. Next I how Jalen Hurts yeah, <laughs> I wonder how Jalen Hurts thinks about this. Is like he's up for some money. The mm. Eagles have shown that they're willing to draft the quarterback because they drafted him while they had paid a quarterback already. Jalen Hurts get out there and win, get that draft pick a little higher, and then they pick somebody else. Because if if there are plenty of people that believe that this system is more valuable than the quarterback, why wouldn't the organization and the GM who showed that they can transition from a first-round quarterback to a second-round quarterback, why wouldn't he also be like open to the idea of scooping up another quarterback and and using that as leverage in negotiations no. and also no. potentially replace. What do you mean? No. Oh, you think this they actually Fox. care about Jalen Hurts? He is, oh, this is a man. Is, this sounds like a man who's had his own contract. This is like uh, right. player paranoia. Are you like, projecting? You, you, re, you remember Carson L? Went. I know you. I know you remember when they went and got Dre Blau on my ass, and I was like, guess I'm out of here. They did. We were so devastated too. No, Let me tell you, you me, me and he was happy. I've told you a million times, Fox, me and my family were huge Dominique Foxworth fans. That's why I knew not I to call you Dom to, and I, I knew to call yeah. you Fox. I I'm hoping Charlie, I'm hoping Charlie's going to interject and knock some sense into you. That's crazy. Carson once wasn't like an MVP favorite or even in the conversation. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, Carson no not this late into the year. Not this late into the I mean, he was oh, a yeah, favorite he, before he got hurt. He didn't win the right. trophy. But he didn't every, end up get, Jay, got, Jalen Hurts could – I mean, he won't. It's going to be Patrick yeah. Mahomes, right? right. It but, is I mean, Carson Wentz, Mahomes. I thought, was the MVP favorite until he got hurt, and it was three games before the end of the season just like this, and then he lost the MVP trophy. And, and then they the gave the job him. back to him, and he – it away. Like, it's not exactly like – like okay, it's not okay. like Jalen Maybe Hurts right. is going to lose the job in two games for being hurt. That's crazy, Fox. Okay, they tried either, to get it back to Carson Wentz, and he just couldn't do anything with it. They tried. They wanted it. Charlie, All right. I, I'm, I'm with you. They're paying Jalen Hurts $1.3 million next year, and <laughs> he's been on the path of Josh Allen where he's improved more than we possibly could have thought. It would be, I mean, Nuts. if Howie Roseman does that, that's – one of the wildest Stupid. moves imaginable. Broke boy. Um, it, well, especially do, because there's, is there any quarterback that you're salivating over right now, Fox? Like, it's not exactly, I mean, Bryce Young is I'm your just, highest. I don't, so I, I'm not saying that it's likely. I'm just saying that <laughs> when they um, drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, nobody thought that Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter. We thought, mm -hmm. and they had already paid Carson Wentz. This only point I'm making is that it's not crazy. It's unlikely but it's not crazy that they could consider bringing someone else in because they believe that their process has produced two good quarterbacks and two championship worthy teams. It's just it's oh, a God. possibility. That's all. Okay. I think it's a more vote that Jalen Hurts tries to come back to like get a, get some more MVP votes. I think it's more likely mm -hmm. that he tries to. Also, be fun a vote, that. a vote that we stop doing word association with Philly and process. I'm really sick of it. I just oh, can't. Man, I'm, I'm sorry. So, you know, I know. Oh, Can sorry. we make that a I'm banned so word? Yeah, Can we yeah, just? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I cringe. Although I do find it funny, Charlie, that potentially the Eagles could make their process complete quicker than the Sixers, who have been processing for seven years. <laughs> you know, right. throw the computer away. It's yeah. no longer going yeah. to work. That's spinning. Pin, was it pinwheel? <laughs> the it's, circle yeah. of death. It's not going to stop spinning, guys. Um, guys, I do want to ask you about the Cowboys side of this because I think it's fair to say that Gardner Minshew is a luxury backup. You're not putting someone out there who can't play in an NFL game. And so the Eagles probably will not look horrendous in this game. But 
the Cowboys are a team as of a couple weeks ago that we thought of as one of the three good teams in the NFC. Are you going to write off this team if they lose to the Eagles without Jalen Hurts, without the you know MVP favorite going into this week? I mean, I think it depends on how they lose. Uh, so I wouldn't write off the Cowboys. They'd have to get smashed for me to write them <laughs> off. Because going into this playoffs, we're looking at the 49ers who have Brock Purdy, who we haven't seen in a high-pressure situation, and a Jalen Hurts who is potentially diminished. If they're competitive in this game, I could imagine a scenario where they could win. I'm not concerned about anybody else in the NFC. So uh, the fact of the matter is that that um, Jaguars game, they look good offensively. I, that wasn't the problem. Like scoring wasn't the problem. And their defense has looked great for much of this season. So the idea that they could put it together for one game against the Eagles and potentially get a lead against um, the 49ers and then let Purdy do what a seventh round draft pick is going to do in that situation. Like it's going to take a lot. It's going to really take a, a solid ass whooping for me to be like, oh, the Cowboys don't have any chance. I kind of think they're going to get a solid ass whooping this weekend. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't, like, I mean, the, the secondary is banged up. The run defense is, 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 you know, not been really great all season. I, I don't think they're going to do well. I think it's going to be like one of those demoralizing losses after like three yeah. bad weeks of football. Like, I kind of think this is going to be a bad loss for them. I love that no matter how many years removed we are from all things Cowboys, we just end up, it's like a treadmill with this conversation. Every year we're like, are they any good? It's like, we think they're good. We don't think they're good. We think they're good. We don't think they're good. To to Fox's point, the only reason is because the NFC is so incredibly weak. Um, but I would say that I wouldn't write them off. I would just say that it would really inform any potential playoff run because it appears, at least right now, that any path to the Super Bowl, which is where we're at with the Cowboys, by the way, guys, like we are so past make the postseason. They have got to make a conference championship at minimum for any of this to have been worth it, right? Especially for a guy like Jerry Jones. If they can't beat or answer for the Eagles who smacked him in the mouth last time. If they can't do that with Gardner Minshew, if they can't show any real fight or ability to sort of quell what the Eagles do well, that would concern me because they're going to have to potentially play them again in the postseason. Now, is it hard to beat the same team three times in the in the same year? 100%. Um, but I, I do think that they've got to show that at the very least, they are prepared to face this Eagles team in the postseason and just be able to counter whatever they're bringing at this point. Whenever you bring up Jerry Jones, like implicit in that is his age, which we start feeling the conversation about mortality. I'm only bringing this up to use a line that Chris Canty uses that makes me laugh every time. Whenever we talk about Jerry Jones wanting to win a championship, Chris Canty says, he ain't buying no green bananas. <laughs> uh, I hate y'all oh so much. It's so you good. You know, we talk about we talk about we talk about Jerry Jones and age. I think about like the other way, but that's probably you need to hear. Oh that. man, and, yeah. And I go back decades, but that's not fruit for that conversation either. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, so to pivot to a couple of other old people, Bill Belichick and Rob. Robert Kraft. Do you think that Belichick and the Patriots are headed towards a breakup? This has been starting to float out there. Even Seth Wickersham's talking about it. 
Okay, I mean, so of course, after what happened on Sunday, how could you not say, is this ending or headed towards some sort of divorce, right? Bill Belichick, who for most of his career has been dubbed a genius, at least most of his career in New England, infallible to a fault. He's perfect. Everything he does, he just gets trust. We trust he'll always find a way. And this Patriots team is bad. And while he certainly did not ask Jacoby Myers to do what he did in the lateral game, are we calling this the lateral game? Or the stiff arm game because I actually oh. like the idea. It wasn't Mac Jones' fault that you put him toe to toe with Chandler Jones, his big brother. But like, <laughs> which one is are we leaning on here? Yeah, I mean, the lateral was more like uh, unique, so I feel like we yeah. have to go with the uh, lateral. Although the stiff yeah. arm was much more enjoyable. Like I feel it bad was. piling I on do. Jacoby Myers, and I do love that Chandler Jones seemed to really want to throw. Uh, Mac Jones through the center of the earth more than he wanted to win the game. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? It's like yeah. if you're Chandler Jones, you had some of your greatest years in New England. Okay, you smoked a little synthetic weed, and then they so just cut you like you're trash. It was just a touch, all right? Yeah, the, you know? the behavior a that scotch. came along with it, though. Yes, yeah. it was a scotch of synthetic weed, all right? Super legal, I think. And he had a bit of a freak, and then they just discard him to Arizona. So, so of course, he was, you know, really, really excited to beat his former team. But do you think that all of this is setting up because it's been what three years of sort of ineptitude now in terms of Tom Brady leaving is this headed for an acrimonious split yeah I mean I think the conversations around this is like predicated on how much control Bill Belichick has and will retain I think that's where the friction comes is when you're winning, you can hire anybody you want. And it can be your family. It could be defensive coaches to coach offense. You can go on a free agent spending spree. You can do whatever you want. You can cut people. You can cut them early. All the things that Bill Belichick is known for, it's fine. Do it. You win in six Super Bowls, it's okay. When you go three years of not being competitive, I think that changes. And my guess is when you own the team, you want to know what's happening and you want to get involved. And Bill Belichick feels like I won six Super Bowls, took you to, what, nine? Like, kind of leave me alone and shut the hell up. I'm going to do what I want to do. So, like, I can understand both of these team or both of these people's position and I can understand how this could come to a head at some point. But I know if I won you six Super Bowls, you ain't telling me. I, I mean, you're just Thank not. Thank you. Thank you're just you. Not. Yeah, I, it just don't feel. It, sometimes I feel like Bill Belichick just don't really feel like doing anything. Like he's just kind of tired. <laughs> he just seems like, like you know, like it seems like middle of the season. Usually, like he he sees a problem, and you kind of find the solution to it. Like we know the problem. Like it's the offensive coordinator. Like this thing is a mess, and he was just kind of like. I don't feel like doing nothing about it. Like, let's just let's just do it. And it, I don't know if he feels like doing anything about it going the next season. He seems like he might just be a little tired. And it might not be – and it's like kind of hanging on to it just because, like, you're Bill Belichick and how dare you ask me to go anywhere. It feels you know? like a wasted year because we they aren't competitive. We at least thought after last year they got a quarterback that they can build on. He's gotten mm -hmm. worse. The team hasn't gotten any better. Like, there's, there's nothing to be optimistic about about other than Bill Belichick's history. I'm so confused um, that a quarterback would regress when you put a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator. That's weird that that would happen. Is that a thing that happens, Fox? That, you know, when whole other 
coordinators for whole different units just slide over. So you're telling me that the OC position is like a hard position and integral to the development of your young quarterback? Weird, because Bill didn't know. Here's the thing with Bill Belichick, right? He has been making some dumbass decisions. I'm old enough to remember fourth and two against the Colts. Like I'm old enough to remember working in New England at the time in 2015 when he improbably decided to kick off in overtime to the Jets and then they lost. Like he has made bad decisions. It's just before he always had sort of the protection of Tom Brady to pull him out of some of these things. I'm not discounting at all that that Bill Belichick is an incredible coach and an excellent coach. I'm just saying that what he no longer has is the benefit of the doubt. You yeah. used to just know or believe that he would figure it out. And like, okay, he had a bad day, but like ultimately he'll make the right decision. And I think that is gone. And so, no, I don't think this is headed for a split, but I definitely think that we are headed for more oversight. Like I, and I think that's fair. I think that, you know, at some but that's point- that's where, that's where the split comes. Would you accept right. the oversight? No, you don't want any, yeah. Yeah, I, I would not accept that oversight. You're going to have to fire me if I'm Bill Belichick. You're going to have to fire me. You're not coming over here and look over my shoulder like I don't got six Super Bowl championships. I, I And I totally understand that, but it also feels like after four years, like we're not just talking about not going to the playoffs. We're talking about, Charlie, exactly what you just put up. You're rehiring these dudes who proved that they are not good coordinators. You're letting Matt, you 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 so like arrogantly went the whole off season acting as though it was not important to have a fucking play caller on an NFL team. I mean, those kinds of things, at some point, if you are the owner, you have to go, okay, you're making horrible decisions. This isn't just about a rebuild. This is about you sort of arrogantly saying, we're gonna do things our way and that's gonna work because for four years it hasn't. And while that doesn't seem like a very long time to people yes. like me, right? <laughs> or like- So young. We Know where you're from like i'm just saying like that's a long time in patriots world to not even go to the postseason or not win a postseason game rather it is charlie so the the things i wanted to bring up a tiny bit are the things that are looming over this team because it's been reported that when when nick casario was working for the patriots robert Kraft actually had to go to casario to find out stuff about belichick because belichick was basically like you know Stay in your lane, Robert Kraft, even though his lane is owning the team. So he has kept him at arm's length. We know that Be that Kraft has referred to Belichick as a as an a-hole in the past. So there's not like there's the personal relationship along with the professional one. And the third thing looming over this is what was floated a few weeks ago, is that while Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are amicable, if he wants to come back this offseason, is he going to want to come back under the thumb of Bill Belichick again? And that's a massive power player who might have more power in the organization than Belichick does. And like, even if we think Belichick is still a good coach, because they aren't horrible this year, without even though they don't have like top end talent, are they going? Are, is that going to move forward with that partnership again? I'm not buying this catnip. I'm not taking it. I'm not buying it. I'm just like, I didn't buy Gronk's tweet. Oh, I'm getting bored that he tweeted yesterday. Shut up and go away. No, no one wants to see Patriots and Tom Brady part two. No, no, thank you. We barely want to watch him in Tampa. I mean, All I think of them can more, go away. That felt like fan fiction. That just felt like, it like feels fake as hell. Reddit fan fiction that was going nowhere from the beginning. Why would Tom Brady do that? He's already won, won, <laughs> right. as much as you can win a debate that you can't actually win. The See, debate that's, over that's where you who lost was me. it. But uh, no, but I'm saying like, no. he's already won the whole, who right, was it, right. Bill or Tom Brady? Which, he's won what already. What you're doing is applying logic to Tom Brady's decisions. That's where you <laughs> that's lost fair. me. Fair. That fair. man is a football Illogical. psychopath. Like, 
after, but why would you go back to the Patriots, Fox, when you've already know. shown when you've already know. shown you beat Bill Belichick? Like you showed you showed it was you and not him. He's had no nowhere near the level of success went since you left and you won a Super Bowl. Why on L, God's earth would you go back? Hell, I can go down a list of 30 questions to ask why would Tom <laughs> Brady do this? Fair, and I would fair. not be able to explain it. So fair. I would not dismiss this out of hand. I think that could be potentially the only way that Robert Kraft could dismiss Bill Belichick and not get backlash is if his dismissal of Bill Belichick is predicated on him bringing Tom Brady home. So like these are scenarios that I could imagine. Ew, I could happening. see it now. And then Josh McDaniels gets fired from Vegas and then they, he comes back and then they are back together. McDaniels is head coach like he always wanted and Tom Brady together again. This Ew. is Jimmy G too. I want Jimmy this is Garoppolo like, back. This is like Fuller House. This is basically, you're just describing a football <laughs> yeah. version of Fuller House. Yeah. And I hate it it's all. I hate everything uh, about it. Yes. Uh, also, yeah. wouldn't wouldn't that make Tom Brady the the toxic ex, ex who hooks up with his ex so they can't move on? Yes, yeah, extends because, it again because yes. that's not in just Tom Brady's reminder, personality. Just gives you a taste, yeah. Just gives you a little taste. Like I just couldn't remember. imagine. I couldn't imagine Tom Brady as a toxic um, part of any relationship. To be quite honest, never. Uh-uh. Um, uh, let's move on to someone who's just pretty pretty lovable, not toxic at all yet, and that's our beloved Nikola Jokic, who is. On one. He's putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers right now. And do you think he could win his third MVP this season? It's only been 30 games, but we're talking about it. Yeah, so uh, at this point, it was really, it felt like very early in the season, Luka Doncic's uh, MVP race to lose, right? He's the odds-on favorite. I think Giannis has probably found his way up there. The usual suspects, if you will. But here comes Nikola Jokic, who is just, to your point, Charlie, putting up incredible numbers there it is those are the odds right now oh tatum luca so okay well my information it changes every day was from like three days ago so there we go i stand corrected it's Giannis, jason tatum luca then Jokic, and then Embiid, as he tends to be um i personally don't think he'll win his third straight mvp we haven't seen anybody win three straight mvps since bird did it in 83 and 84 um, but you look at just those numbers against the Hornets, then he had that stat line of 13 points, 13 rebounds, 13 dimes. Nobody else has had that stat line um, other than Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, who actually randomly got it in the same game. I don't think that they're going to have him win three straight just because they could have done that already over the last 40 years if they wanted that, in particular from... Nikola Jokic, a guy who is not exactly emblematic of some of those names, right? It's crazy to think that if he had, he would join Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and Larry Bird. Do you think he is befitting of that honor, Fox? Um, I don't think it matters whether he's befitting of being in that group. I mean, the number suggests he's as valuable as those guys, but it's not about should he go into that class because that's a class of championship winners. It's about is there a like viable alternative and how the voting is going to break down is if I think there were just and I, we'd have to go through those other guys that you name or the guys who've had two like LeBron, Giannis and um, Steph Curry, their third year. What was that season like and what was the competition like? This is setting up to me to feel like an opportunity for Jokic to do it in part because there's a lot of guys who could split up the vote reasonably underneath him. And he also like statistically, he is the most <laughs> player. Like, I mean, yeah. if you trust advanced stats, what he's doing for that offense and frankly, that whole team, 
it's reasonable to think if he got the MVP last year and he got it the year before, he deserves it again. It's the, the I think what makes it hard to swallow is that they aren't championship contenders and they haven't been throughout this whole process. And normally when you win back-to-back MVPs, it don't matter much what's around you. You get three MVPs, you're going to be a legitimate contender in the playoffs. And, and he's not a – I mean, he plays on the perimeter at times – but he's not a perimeter player, and I think that hurts him some. So I don't know. Yeah, saying him in the same breath as Chamberlain and uh, and Bird feels wrong. But look at those damn numbers. I yeah, I think I think the NBA has done a better job in the last probably fifteen years of like doing singular focused MVP, like singular on the season who's the best player, and not thinking about narratives in the way that they used to like when Jordan was winning all the MVPs and things like that and saying, oh, he's won too many or whatever, you know? Yeah. But I think now, like, the the problem is when you get into the three in a row, that's like a legacy thing. Like, that is where you're talking about you have to be one of the all-time greats. I mean, we had this conversation with Steve Nash a few years ago, and Steve Nash's MVPs are sort of like the, you know, scarlet letter of the NBA for the MVPs I gave out because they feel like he didn't deserve either of them and he shouldn't have been in the conversation for three in a row. But I think if you're in the, the NBA, you're looking at Jokic and you're saying he was going to win, he could win three in a row, and Giannis could win two championships in that time span. You know, and that's something that you don't want to look at historically. You don't want to look at Bucks win, Warriors win, Bucks maybe win again, and who was the MVP, a guy who lost in the first or second round all three of those years. Like, that's one of those legacy things that they think about when you get into that rare air of three MVPs in a row. One, two is like you can talk about the individual season, but there's a hesitance to put Jokic in that yeah. place. He hasn't won a championship yet or come close. I to it. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you on in many levels. It just feels like when it comes to the NBA, Fox, I think you said this, like they make it really easy to just sort of like look at how important someone is to their team. And that is their plus minus rating. Like it's just, mm -hmm. and he has the best in the NBA. Again, it was like two days ago, but last time I checked, I think it was like a plus 218. If you're looking at that metric alone, then it tells you he is the most valuable person to his team. And the MVP is not a postseason award. It is a regular season award. And whether we think they're contenders or not, they're the top team in the West and he is the reason. Solely. So I just, but again, I, I, it feels like to me, just in general, the NBA wouldn't want a guy like a Jokic because which if is he so was, it's interesting. Then, but it's, yeah. I, it's, I just think Fox, I just don't think he's the archetype. Yeah. Like, I think that if, like, imagine if you're watching Blue Chips in the early 90s and they cast Dolph Lundgren as an NBA player. You would have been like, oh, that's not believable. Like, yeah. that's not believable at all. Like, you know, and that's basically who he is. He's just, he sort of loafs. He doesn't have, like, the body type. Like, even when Nothing he Nothing explosive. Like, His yeah, highlights like are, just... like, uh, through the legs passes and stuff. It's not like he's catching alleys on anybody. Right. Never like, an it's just dimes. Never, Never caught an alley. Caught an it's just dimes. And so I just don't think that it is the typical sort of flashy. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Nikola Jokic is an incredible. I actually watched all 13 of his dimes the other day. I don't have time to do that kind of but it was really, really good. Um, I just think yeah. that who he is is what's going to prevent him, but certainly not the contribution. Alabaster is a true NBA nerd, so he's about to yeah. tell us about player efficiency ratings yeah. or something yeah. like that. I, I, I am going to do that in a second, but I do think I, I think you're right because playoff narratives do tend to carry over from season to season. And while Jokic 
took them to the conference finals in the bubble, and he's been a really good playoff performer. The fact that he had that game where he didn't perform well two games against Draymond, I do think will affect that. But to your guys' point about his statistics, and I I feel like I have to rattle these off really quickly because they're absurd. He's leading the NBA in PER, win shares, offensive win shares, win shares for 48 minutes, box plus minus, offensive box plus minus, value of replacement player, and this is the one that shocked me. Defensive box plus minus. We think wow. of him as this oaf that doesn't play defense. He's actually made himself into an above-average defender. This is what Steph Curry did over the course of his career. where We couldn't actually point at him and be like, you're a bum on that end anymore. That's It's admirable, and that's why yeah. they're really good again. Um, I think one thing I would push back on is what you said earlier, David, is about how we're getting away from the narrative. I, I don't think we are. Like I think that sometimes the stats are included in the narrative when it comes to voting on the MVP, but I still think the, the narrative matters uh, as much as anything. And the reaction to the narrative by the basketball media who has a vote on this, I think that really matters. How how the general public feels about Jokic winning another MVP, my guess is however the general public feels, the basketball media is going to respond in opposition. It's like if we generally like Jokic to win the MVP, they're going to be like, he doesn't belong with the names like Wilt and Bill Russell. If we say Jokic doesn't deserve to be up there, they're going to lean on the numbers and generally be like, but look at this. No one's doing this. It's a, a weird uh, prediction that I have, but I think that they're generally contrarians and they want us to all to feel I guess we're part of it to some degree. But I get, and I guess but the other thing vote. is that is like we could talk about his contribution to the team, but I wouldn't say that he has been far and away the best player in the league in any of these three seasons. You know, and I think that has to be a part of it. I mean, I think Giannis has been a, I mean, I think Giannis is a better player than him this season. You know, he just put 14, 14, 15, like two games in a row. I think Giannis has been better. Than, I would put Giannis over Jokic probably is all this, three is of these this, seasons. Is this where I do the cliche, Fox? It's not best team. Yeah. It's not yeah, the best but, player yeah. in the league. It's most valuable. Who yeah, has I, yeah. the most value? Yeah. Also, a lot of times it's the best player in the league. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, like we could talk about that, but also the fact is, like, you know, we've seen Giannis be dominant in a way that, like, may not show up in those these analytics things and stats and everything. But go. I think I'm think we're taking. I mean, like, grind some tape, nerds. We're talking about three in a row. We're talking about three MVPs in a row. You got to talk about who was the best player during that three that three year span. And if we're talking about Larry Bird winning three in a row, you could say Larry Bird was the best player at least one or two of those years. I don't think I could I could really say that about Jokic confidently, far and above everybody else in the league. Fair. Did we earn our check? Nope. No, no, no. no. I got to push back on this a tiny bit because I I. I agree. Giannis is probably the best player in the world, but like that means Jokic is two or three. And Giannis isn't winning a championship with a torn ACL, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. with no back. And I, I do think with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and that team of spacing and defense that the Bucks have, Jokic would cook with that team. Like yeah. part of it is situational now, where Giannis is a much better situation than Jokic has over the last three years. That's fair. I mean, they, they wouldn't play the same, obviously, but I, I think that Jokic's situation um, hasn't been great, which allows him to display his value a little bit more than other people. Like, 
I know Elle was pointing to the plus minus, like part of the reason why the plus minus is so high is because their um, options without him are not nearly as good as some of these other players who are on good teams who have options around him. And like his usage is going to be higher. All that stuff is going to be higher. And would I think it would impact all of those stats that we're talking about. I guess maybe his shooting percentage should be lower because maybe you would think, but he's not a ball handler. So that's the thing that I think one of the drawbacks for me, like I know he's a decision maker, but he's not like a clock's running out, make something happen type of guy. He's like in the flow of the offense. And I don't know, like I have a hard time making a real argument against him, but I also have a hard time knocking anybody who says he doesn't deserve to be in that other class of players. So it's a, it's actually a really good to- topic for a show where people actually debate. Not this one. <laughs> but we don't debate on this show, uh, although I believe we're going to debate as we stay in the Western Conference one more thing. Yeah. Good thing the name good. of the show is Discussable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good name. It's a good name. Um, yeah. Well, we can talk about the Agreeable. Other Let's just call the show Agreeable. <laughs> yeah. Good chat, friends. Let's talk about the actual plus minus goat. The first thing to sort of redefine that stat over the last decade. And that's Steph Curry, who's injured for a minimum two weeks, but people think he could be out for a month. And the Warriors are getting spanked without him. They keep losing by 30 plus. They are outside the plan right now. And could you see this team missing the playoffs, period? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, I, I, I'm over here like thinking, and I was like, oh, I, am yeah. I supposed to uh, set this thing up? Yeah. And not nice. only are they losing, you know, big, they're losing, you know, with no defense, their problems really can't be understated. Horrible defense. They can't shoot threes with no Steph Curry there. They are a paradox and they are highlighted by the paradoxical mascot, James Wiseman. True story. Yesterday, we had the G we were like going to come up after a G league game that was randomly, you know, in the middle of the day. And I was like, well, who's playing? And you know, my floor director is watching the warriors G league and I'm, you guys, he's watching it as if it's like game six against the Celtics. I was like, bro, you got to chill. And he's like, no, no. I mean, I love the Warriors." I said, name one dude that's on the warriors G league team. And he says, and I quote, I mean, I feel like probably James Wiseman's still on the team. Probably. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, he is, Charlie Uh, gave us this nugget, and it was incredible. Okay, James Wiseman has more gold tens in 54 career games than Tim Duncan had in 1,200 games, okay? He is putting up box numbers over 22 points a game, close to eight rebounds a game, close to two blocks a game per 36 uh, minutes. He's shooting almost 70% from the field but they are being outscored by 49 points in the 63 minutes he's played. He is a paradox. This team can't win on the road. I don't think, listen, again, I talked about benefit of the doubt. How much do we always give it to the Warriors, especially in December, that they'll figure this out? Remember last year when we were chicken littling the Warriors? But this really feels tough and gets markedly worse when you hear Steph say things like, this injury, I've never really had it before. I'm early in the healing process. He's setting an expectation that he might not be able to play for a while. I think I think James Wiseman at some point this season before he went to the G League, I don't think he he had yet to record a positive plus minus in his career. <laughs> so uh, um, so maybe bad. maybe that changed last night against the Nets. I doubt it. <laughs> but um, minus twelve, <laughs> minus twelve. So yeah, I don't think he's recorded a positive plus minus in his oh, career God. yet while with the Warriors. And this goes back. I will say this every single time. This goes back 
to broke billionaire, light years guy talking about they trying to build to the future and you know build this team now it is a disaster when he decided to do it it is proven to be a disaster now because you know what moody kaminga and wiseman and at no point in their career will they be as good as 35 36 37 38 year old steph curry build around him and try to win championships and stop trying to build around these young guys like that doomed their season and for whatever reason jordan Poole has played you know has regressed Klay Thompson still does not. He looks worse than he did last season. Everybody on the Warriors, except for Wiggins and Curry, who happen to be out right now, are playing worse than they did last season. And with Curry out, it is going to be uphill battle just to even make the playoffs. All right. For the benefit of the podcast audience, whom I loathe, please put that last card back up. I will read it. It's pretty damning. (laughs) It was shocking for me. There we go. So Steph Curry has played fewer games over the past four seasons than Anthony Davis. I I um, was going to go the same direction as you, David. I'm glad you nailed all that stuff, but it was a big mistake. Those players and even those picks before they became the players had a ton of value. And had they uh, moved those for a guy who could help them immediately, there would be there would not be so much pressure on Steph. And that maybe Steph stays healthy or maybe they're able to tread water when Steph is out. I think the title they won last year, uh, congratulations. It was amazing. It was unlikely. I don't think anyone was really high on them. I guess are we, maybe are we doing the circles again? Are we are we bringing it back? Are oh, we yeah, bringing the circles back? The circles never left. <laughs> Zero for them. They are done. Um, yeah, so it's it's the it's the point you made. You can't play for the pa- I mean, you can't play for the future and the present at the same time. I think last year things worked out well for them. They won a championship that I think they weren't the best team. They probably weren't the best. I don't know, top three or four teams. Uh, I would say in the playoffs last year, they won a title. They have a chance to do it again, but they're not going to because their assets have no value and doing it with just Steph Curry and diminished everywhere else, I think it's tough. Although their starting five when they were all healthy was really good. It's a lot to ask for them to make it through an 82 game schedule and then also perform in the playoffs when all they got is a starting five. You remember four, it was about three months ago when those assets were worth Kevin Durant. You remember Ooh. that? I do. Mm. Let's just oh, look man. back on that. Let's just dream. Let's just dream about it. Let's just take some time and dream. Yeah, you just are remember. a Warriors fan because you're a Steph guy. Yeah. What school well, are you, you going know, to, the, by the way? The, the, the light skins stick together. You know, <laughs> they are. The high yellows. Can I? You don't know nothing about that, huh, Elle? Nope. Nope. I saw Elle this weekend, and I was wearing a very tasteful, you know, well, peach jumpsuit. Peach color jumpsuit. Peach color yeah yes and l was like oh you look like you're walking around the hotel naked and so i was like you are peach colored why would you wear a peach outfit in the winter listen i'm light-skinned enough to know in the winter we don't pull out pastels because they blend in what is like i'm like david you can only wear a peach like fresh off the beach like right fresh off the beach when you're probably going to be bronze for at least a day or two that's when you pull out peach this is light scant on light scant uh you know <laughs> no, it's not she's trying to help you she's been there she's trying I'm to help you just 100 take notes man he started he walking up and i was toes. like does he have a shirt on i mean Ooh, it was neck. just yeah and you know he's a very tall man i don't know if you've met david dennis before but he is a very tall guy so he comes uh, walking in and it's just like oh you 
don't look like you have clothes on. And I thought a lot of, lot of, a lot of flesh, a lot of flesh moving around in that hotel. Walking around the Omni. <laughs> oh, By the way, can, before we wrap up, can I just roast um, David for not getting the memo about debatable? Fox, he wore a suit. <laughs> I wore I wore a suit because I wore a suit because I have around the horn no. ch- tournament of champions. No, he in, wore a suit. In, in one minute, I have the around he the horn tournament of champions. In you one can't explain this away. You don't have to explain and I, this away. And that is why I am wearing uh, my suit because I am a champion and I love myself and I believe uh, in myself. Is that, and that is, is why I'm striped? wearing a suit. It's yeah, giving it's, me a it's headache. Wild. It's got I a little, know, if yeah, it's got a little vest. Lie. It's got a little vest going on underneath. A vest too. A little vest too. Zebra. I'm oh, yeah, God. Charlie's gonna have to put up a warning that if you have epilepsy, you can't watch the <laughs> yeah, episode because gonna, his. Yeah, you gotta it's send my, people it, into seizures. You know, it's a it's a Bob Barker uh, tribute thing I got going on. You know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Aww. Okay. Well, I hope you win around the whole. What did you have to do to qualify for tournament of champions? I didn't get a call. Well, I know. I know. What does I'll, that say I'll, about I'll me? You, I'll give you some pointers. I'll give you some pointers <laughs> uh, next time. I'll give you some tips how to how to win win on these things.